This is the John Kincaid Show. If you are that offended by everything in life, this isn't the radio show for you. There's plenty more to choose from because this one will drive you absolutely batty. Drive you crazy. Here's John Kincaid. Oh, this is going to just drive you nuts. John Kincaid Show, CBS Sports Radio. Logic. Coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. You want to see your loan options, adjust payments, and your closing costs online in real time? Rocket can. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans makes it really simple for you, and we really appreciate them. To be able to adjust your loan options in real time, that's a great deal. Check it out from our friends at Rocket Mortgage. Do you remember back to March? Do you remember this show back in March? April, May, not only is it where the cool kids hang out, but uh, you remember the whole goal of a, a stated goal that this was going to be positive. We were going to have a positive haven where obviously we haven't had much of a hot positive haven in sports. And logically look at things, because I always like that, is you'll have people that will say, well, you know, it's not like anybody is, is, is negative or rooting for anything to happen. Sure you are. Sports radio hosts root to be right constantly. Sports media roots to be right constantly. You think you want to make predictions, talk about what you think's going to happen, and then Get egg on your face constantly? Of course not. It's one of the biggest BS things you'll hear from hosts. Oh, yeah, well, it's not like anybody is, like, it's not like there's anything political to any of these decisions being made in college football. Really? I got the Big Ten commissioner telling Pete Thamel, one of his stated goals, he he thinks he can swing a presidential election. What? What? I want a database of voting for all Big Ten athletes. What? What in the blank are we talking about? That's not your job? What? Again, there are a lot of blurry lines this year between activism and sports. A lot of blurry lines. The NBA, I think, has done a marvelous job. I've got to tell you, though, as a guy who watches a good amount of NBA, but cherry picks like the biggest matchups of the week, if I'm not going to watch the Sixers, who I grew up watching, or the Hawks, who I watch because locally here in Atlanta, I want to know what's going on with the Hawks. So if I take those two out of the mix... What am I doing? I sit down Sunday afternoons and I look at the, my, my screenshot on the TV and I say, oh, wait a minute. Lakers and the Clippers are playing Wednesday night. Record. Oh, wait a minute. I want to see this one. Record. And I will set up the games of the week. I tend to watch those biggest games. I've got to tell you, I'm a little confused a little confused sometimes with the social justice messages on the back of the jerseys. Anthony, have you found that at all? Like where you'll see a player 
on the foul line or you'll see a player make a great play and you're like, okay, who is that? I don't know who it is. And then I'm reading the back and it's like, say their name. You get a little thrown off. Or something. I get a little thrown off. I think that has been, I think the NBA though has done a marvelous job of making it about the basketball, but supporting the activism. Does that been your impression too, Anthony? I mean, is that been Absolutely, your... Absolutely, yeah. I think they've done a really good job of... It doesn't... If anybody is saying that it takes away from their enjoyment of the game, I'm just going to tell you, I, I don't know what you're looking at. I, I don't know what you're watching or what you're looking at. That bothers you so much. I think at that point, you're seeking out to be annoyed. Correct. Like, um, I, I, I was in a, a sports bar having something to eat. Yes, we get to go inside restaurants, Anthony, and sit at the bar and have something to eat. Ah, the glory days. Socially distanced, of course. And the gentleman says to me, Kincaid. So he yells across the bar. I said, hey, how you doing? Good. He goes, are they going to have Black Lives Matter on the court next year? And my response was, who cares? And he goes, no, 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 I'm not saying I care, even though I sort of thought he did. But he was like, are they going to have Black Lives Matter on the court next year? I said, I don't know. I said, I really don't know. I said, does, that, does it bother you, that being on the court? No, it just seems strange. Okay. And he's yelling this across. Like, he's, he's staring at me. So, he's, you know, we both had the TVs are on the wall, but he's staring. And he's literally yelling. Yeah, are they going to have that on the, on the court next year? I said, I don't know. He goes, it doesn't seem right. I said, I don't know. Do you want the punchline, Anthony? Yeah. He was African-American. Wow, interesting. And he was asking me, like, are they going to have that on the court? So I said to him, then, it's a bag. I said, he goes, no, it doesn't bother me. He goes, I just look strange. I don't like it. Okay, to me, I, I, I don't know. I, maybe it's my mind. I'm a simpleton at times. Maybe it just sort of blurs in after a while where I notice it once and then as I'm watching the game, I don't really notice it again. But the NBA has done a brilliant job. They've done a brilliant, brilliant job. Because, you know, they believed you could try. They had activism that they wanted to add into this mix. And I think they've done it in a, in a way that Honestly, if you're offended by it, I'm just going to tell you you're looking to be offended because I think it has been done very, very well. So the NBA, much to the detractors. And uh, yes, because I'm a dork, I checked that leading up to the NBA bubble, every single day, every single day, first take on ESPN, or the one with Skip Bayless and what's the one undisputed with Skip undisputed. I call it unwatchable. Um, it was my name for it. Uh, they had consistently. And so I just asked the intern to, to track for me how many days they had a topic of will the NBA bubble work uh, leading up to the NBA season reconvening at Disney on 20 weekdays. The uh, the und what's it undisputed what's it called undisputed undisputed uh, undisputed uh, debated that seventeen times out of twenty days, and on 
Stephen A. Smith's show, they debated it 15 times out of 20 days. Will the NBA bubble work? So there was people that like literally were like, oh my, well, they, well I don't think it's going to work. This can't work. We got to debate it. This isn't going to work. I don't know if Max Kellerman's come around to believing that, hey, Max, it's working. It's working really well. And the NBA, is the, NBA, is the NHL bubble going to work? I don't know, the NHL bubble? Yeah, NHL's working really well, too. And then you had Buster Olney, Keith Olbermann, and many others in the, the 95 percenters, as they call it. Well, we got a 5% chance that the baseball season ever starts up. 5%. And a 0% chance that we ever finish. <laughs> all, the, all these people, all the, honestly, all these media people, amateur epidemiologists, every one of these leagues, including the ACC and the SEC, by the way, Consulting with the brightest minds in football, basketball, whatever. They're consulting with the brightest minds in epidemiology to come up with their policies. And yet we had people banging the drum over and over and over of gloom and doom. And if the Marlins and the Cardinals had followed protocol we would have almost no story of COVID to talk about in Major League Baseball. None. We wouldn't have had any major disruption to baseball. None. If two teams had acted like adults and had followed the protocol, oh, that by the way, 27 other teams did because the Indians didn't. Had some guys. By the way, bravo to the Indians for standing up to the jabronis and calling them out for it. So I bring you to this. So the 95% crowd wanted to tell you this can't work. There's no way this can work. Oh, my gosh. There's no way. They're not in a bubble. This is going to fail. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be disaster. We're going to have major outbreaks. Oh, they're going to be body bags. Oh, I mean, and and what's it going to take? One player dying? I I heard that over and over again. What's it going to take? One player dying? Is that what it's going to take? The 95 percenters. They were absolutely anti this starting, and they were. When you say that there's a 95% chance something's going to not happen, and by the way, you're not basing that on science. You're not basing that on logic. You're basing it on your gut feeling. Then flat out, it's time to review. You look foolish. And now the Big Ten parents are getting together. And now we have a fourth Big Ten school where the parents are uniting publicly and saying, excuse me, Erica, can we see the science? Because, Anthony, we'll agree, the NBA and the NHL are pretty smart, right? I mean, the NBA and, and the NFL are pretty smart entities, right? They're going to yeah. spend money. They're going to. Do you know where they go to find out about myocarditis? Do you know where they go? They go to Duke. They go to Duke, to one of the most foremost experts on epidemiology to make their policies. And now the Big Ten parents are saying, well, wait a minute. The Pac-12 was claiming that this heart condition was something new. This is something we didn't know about. Every single week on my radio show in Atlanta, 
the Buck and Kincaid Show, celebrating 20 years in three weeks. September 4th, we celebrate 20 years in Atlanta. Uh, Very excited about that. Uh, Chris Mortensen joins us. And so I, I asked Mort on Friday, flat out, and Mort has been a guy who's been very cautious about this. This is a man who's been fighting stage four cancer. <laughs> so he is, a, he is one tough hombre. And I asked Mort about it flat out. Mort, like, is this heart condition thing that the Pac-12 stirred everybody else up about this? Is this real? Is this real? Or is this fake news? Listen. I was shocked at the Pac-12 saying that this information about myocarditis, the heart condition and for young athletes, was a new development. I'm sorry, but it has been part of the ACC. Uh, you know, of course, they got the, uh, I forgot his name, Dr. Kevin, his last name, but from Duke. disease. Yeah, from Duke, highly regarded, who's been involved with the NFL as well, and the SEC. It's been part of their protocols for a long time, for, for a good stretch Going back a few months, knowing that myocarditis, if you have any virus, but this is a particularly strong virus, that if you test positive, you're immediately undergoing uh, you know, EKG, uh, you're undergoing uh, lab work, sure. and an echocardiogram. It's because it was always known. They're acting like this is new to information. It's not new. It's information that certainly, certainly should be taken with great care. But to act like this was new, a new information, a new development, I know for a fact that the protocols uh, in treating athletes who've tested positive on, on these other campuses, and there have been a lot of them, by the way, it's just uh, that that was certainly part of it. By the way, 30-some players test positive at Clemson. Anthony, you remember that story? 30-plus players testing positive. I think it was 32. I remember. Do you remember LSU? Same thing, 30-plus. Texas, 30-plus. Where's the follow-up story that... Everybody is okay. Every one of them okay. Where's that follow-up story? You get the screaming hyenas headline. 30-plus players, there's an outbreak at Clemson football. Outbreak at Texas. Outbreak at LSU. Where's the follow-up story? Where's the legitimate attempt to have journalistic integrity to follow up and go, oh, yeah, they had those 30-some cases, and everybody's okay, and they're all back to practice. Wonder why you wouldn't see that headline just as bold as you saw 30-plus positive tests. Because it doesn't seem like there was real trusting of the science. Are we trusting the science? Because if you're the Pac-12, why would you misrepresent something as being a new development? When it isn't. Why would you have feel the need to have scare tactics and literally three different times verbally and in print the Pac-12 saying that this heart condition, myocarditis, is a new development? That's a falsehood. And I applaud Chris Mortensen for pointing it out. It's a falsehood. That isn't true. It's not true. Why would you have to push a false narrative if the science was on your side? Interesting. We'll talk to Barrett Salee from CBS Sports, covering the world of college football. And I'll ask Barrett, could there be an uprising of these Big Ten parents? And maybe are we going to finally get to see the science that made their decision?
It's the John Kincaid Show, CBS Sports Radio. This is the John Kincaid Show. John Kincaid, and this is his show on CBS Sports Radio. Here's John Kincaid. Oh, I love this theme. Oh, it should be just a couple weeks away till we hear this. We're not going to hear it now for another five weekends, but I can wait. I'm ready for it. John Kincaid Show, CBS Sports Radio. Barrett Salee covers the world of college football, opines often on Twitter, and he interacts with a lot of people really does interact, and he joins us here on the J.K. Show, CBS Sports Radio. Uh, Barrett, we've been talking this morning about the the NBA bubble. They debated on all the debate shows on morning television. They debated the bubble the four weeks before it began. Can it work? Can it work? Can it work? The NHL, can it work? Can it work? Major League Baseball, Buster Olney's, 95% chance it doesn't happen. They don't even start it. 0% 0% chance it ends. There was a lot of negativity about everything, and I wonder, did it pollute the pool for college football? Yeah, I think so. Um, because, you know, I, I think there was for how this was going to work uh, for, you know, these pro leagues. And, and uh, you know, I think by and large they've been successful, um, with the exception of a few Cardinals going to, to a casino and screwing up their season and, you know, a few Marlins going out. Um, you know, I think... By and large, a lot of this has worked. Um, you know, baseball maybe uh, not as much as others. And, yeah, um, you know, I think for college football, um, the, the parts of the, two, uh, of the two sort of methods that haven't worked uh, have, have created concern in the college football world on, on how to responsibly do this with, you know, young men who are, you know, 18 to 22 years old. So now you got Ohio State, Penn State, uh, Iowa parents, Nebraska parents all bound, banding together. And uh, according to reports, there will be two more Big Ten teams, mm-hmm. parents and schools, stepping forward today to demand they want to see the science. If the science is on your side, why would you be against showing your cards and saying how you made the decision if you're the Big Ten? Because the Big Ten looked for science that fit what it wanted to do anyway. Um, I had heard about two or two and a half weeks before the announcement of the Big Ten, you know, postponing its season, that it really never wants to, wanted to play. That um, it felt like, uh, and Kevin Warren, the new commissioner, felt like they could be the trendsetter and build a coalition to um, to postpone football among the Power Five conferences. And I think that was a most uh, a gross misjudgment of. Uh, of the situation it shows ignorance of what college athletics is all about and specifically the power structure uh within the power five conferences and um you know i think the pac-12 was already going to do what what the big 10 was going to do no matter what um but you know i think all of this traces back to kevin warren the new commissioner just flat out not reading the room properly and and putting his league and the pac-12 both in in a mess that uh really at this point uh, there, there's no doubt they they need the other three Power Five conferences to bail on football this year. Otherwise, they're going to be in a really rough spot moving forward. What is more likely? The other three conferences throw up their hands and say, we're not going to try it, or that one of the two that has previously canceled their season jumps back in, or neither? <sighs> I would say um, it's probably more, between those two, 
I would say it's probably more likely that one other one bails. Right. Just because I the the Pac twelve's done. Like just, so just throw that one out. They're done. So basically what you're yeah. So basically what you're asking is is the Big Ten gonna reconsider? Correct. Um you know, I think they will definitely reconsider um, you know, options because of obviously what you said with uh with the parents of these schools, you know, coming out and saying, Show me the science, show me what you base your, your um you know, your medical info on and, and to, to a point, uh, has not been done yet. So I think that the Big 12 will certainly consider its options. I just think, from, or the Big 10, I'm sorry, but I just think from a, from a stubbornness standpoint, um, you know, Kevin Warren has, has dug his heels in and, and said, all right, this is what we're going to do. I have a really hard time buying, you know, the, the, the administration in the Big 10 you know, basically, you know, coming back and, and you know, and, and kind of be, uh, accepting uh, national embarrassment. So I, I just don't think that that's likely. And, you know, the, the Big 12, the SEC, the ACC, you know, one of them might find, some, find a reason to, to bail. Um, I don't think it will happen. I don't think it's likely, but, uh, you know, I think it's more likely than the Big Ten coming back. I think the outrage over uh, whenever you challenge somebody and say, I think there could be some political slant going on here, uh, <laughs> people scoff at you. I went and read. I was at the beach and I missed this. Pete Thamel wrote a piece in June by Kevin War on Kevin Warren saying he thinks that his Big Ten commissioner, he could swing a presidential election. And I'm mm-hmm. going, what? I'm like, what? <laughs> like, why? Why does that even make sense? I want to create a database of voting for Big Ten athletes? What? There's a point. There's a point about activism. And then there's a point about athletics and leadership. And at what point is the, you know, the guy leading the Big Ten supposed to be doing that? And why would swinging an election even cross his lips? Like, why would that even be part of it? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know about swinging an election. That just, uh, to me, that screams it's political. Uh, yes. It screams that there's underlying... Uh, reasons why some of this stuff is happening. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm all for, you know, registering to vote drives. You know, yes. I'm, I'm all for conferences, um, you know, helping players out to, you know, help them register to vote and, and vote based on whatever values that they, that, that they hold dear to themselves. Um, you know, for him to say swing an election, that, um, yeah, That's... that screams activism. And, and that's, that's not, it is. That's not yeah. part of his job. It isn't, and it surprises me here. So, is the uh, would you believe there are certain programs that will have a big time advantage? Is it going to be the same suspects if we if we come back and play a season for the, from the conferences? And will the Big Ten and Pac twelve have any voice at the table determine a college football playoff? And should they? I say they shouldn't. <laughs> No, they they shouldn't, and and I think if if these three Power Five conferences and the three group group of five conferences that haven't canceled yet um, go out and play, then um, then that's their decision. Now I do wonder how the college football playoff selection committee would. Uh, would I take don't that want any. I don't want any Big Ten or Pac-12 voices on that committee. Not well, this I, year. I that Let them sit it out. Part of it is that you would have you know what yeah. members are um, are part of it. So. I, that would be really interesting. That would be the next discussion. And, you know, like Major League Baseball has and, and like, you know, we've seen, you know, postseasons are fluid, right? And, sure. And I, think, and, and I think in this case, you know, if we get started 
then you know there's there's a pretty good chance we'll figure out the the playoff structure on the fly. Uh, but I agree with you. I don't think there's any chance that you can have you know members of that panel uh, you know working for or being members of conferences that aren't playing football. I put it out the other night. I did it as a social experiment. Uh, if if two teams are each tested three times a week, and all the coaches and all the officials and everybody's negative and they meet on a field on Saturday, what is the threat of spreading a virus between them? The same as it is during practice every week, which is minimal. You know, and and I, would think it's, and I would think it's much more minimal than it is to be in the cafeteria at the dorm or, sure. be, and, and here, or be in a local eatery. Yeah, well, and here's the thing, J.K., and I, no one has been able to properly explain this to me. College football facilities are basically built to be bubbles. You know, they spend multi-million dollars to keep players in there. That's the reason they exist. That's the reason that there's a putt-putt course at Clemson. Like, that's... And a sliding board. Yes. Yeah, like, that is is the reason they exist. So, you know, players are going to go out. People are going to go out. The Cardinals players went to a casino and almost wrecked their season. You know, that's just going to happen. So if these players are going to get third-party oversight, which has been requested and by and large will happen, and they're around each other 18 hours per day, and they get tested consistently, then, yeah, no, you're not in the NBA bubble in Disney, but you're pretty close to being in a bubble. And that team that you're playing on Saturday has the exact same protocols. I, I just... I don't see how that is that much of a threat because you already have one contact practice a week. You already have other practices in which you're right up in each other's faces. And if the other team is doing the exact same thing via third-party oversight, unbelievable. what's the issue? Uh, we're going to find out if they show the science. I can't wait to see it if they do because, the as Chris Mortensen pointed out earlier on in the show today, we played the soundbite from Buck and Kincaid in Atlanta. Um, the, S- the ACC leans on the same people as the NFL does. So yeah. when they try to make yeah. it like, well, the ACC found a doctor that said what they wanted to say. Yeah, so that doctor's on the take for the NFL and the ACC. It's amazing. Right. Well, hey, it's amazing. If, if that's what's happening, that's a good gig, right? Yeah, it's a good gig, yeah. Thanks, Barrett. Take care of yourself, Thanks, brother. Talk about the stories behind the box scores. Back to the J.K. Show on CBS Sports Radio. So glad that you're a part of the John Kincaid Show on CBS Sports Radio. And appreciate so many of you wanting to get in at uh, 855-212-4CBS. I'll try to get as many calls as I can in. Is the sports being in at the top of the hour, Anthony? It is Anthony Lima. My it new is favorite, Anthony Lima from Cleveland, my, Ohio. My new favorite bean. And I don't like beans. I only like green beans crispy. But I like Lima. I'm a fan of Lima. I'm a fan of Lima. Jeff in Dallas joins us on the John Kincaid Show, CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Jeff? You, sir, are basically the Tony Soprano of these <laughs> national radio hosts. You are, if you only... You are, Jeff, if you only knew my family history, you would get a real kick out of that. You are (laughs) the only one with the cannolis big enough to say what's going on. I 100% agree with everything you're saying. 
if people well, that's crazy. Men- By the way, Jeff, that's crazy too. If you agree with me 100 percent of the time, you need mental help. That's all. I well, would, and yeah, my wife yeah. would say that. Yes. Well, uh, my ex has already <laughs> my ex wife has already told me that a hundred times. So, <laughs> that's good then. Um, if people are so naive that they don't think everything in this country is political, to include sports, Pac Pac 12, liberal. Big Ten, and I'm a diehard, born and raised, lifelong Michigan fan, liberal. Big 12, down south, SEC, they're not giving it up. It's all, and here's one, Kevin Warren's son plays at Mississippi State. Yes. The first first time he goes to a game there, he needs to get fired. No, is he going to let his son play? Yes, sir. Really? That's, That's interesting. I mean, you know, no, I'm just saying is, I guess I would let my child choose for themselves, but it's a very odd choice. Very odd choice. Yeah, well, he's cho- he's choosing for everybody else. Well, and- I got to tell you, Jeff, when it when it when a commissioner of a major sports conference uh, says that he thinks he, they would have the ability to swing an election, that sort of just gives me the creeps, honestly, because then well, it's all about politics; it's not about sports, and that means it invades his thought process, and that's well, just he's weird. Got, he's got that uh, the big P uh, bump and serial syndrome going on. He's just delusional. Well, and All right, we'll see, what, we'll, we'll see what happens, Jeff. i got to run. i got to get to other people, but thank you for your time. Todd in Cleveland joins us. Todd, what's going on? Yo, John, I'll be brief. As much as I'm a college football fan, I'm, I'm with, and that is my favorite of football, more so than pro. I think they're doing the right thing. And Why? Because they have, they have a long-term responsibility to these people um, as students and, uh, and so why are they o- why are they opening campuses and potential so that they can be students and wait well, 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 wait a minute wait a minute if it's about the health concerns it's far more dangerous to be a student than to be a student athlete well, far more not, dangerous it's clearly not just about the health concern it's about some legalities and their well, they, arrangement. Uh, wait no no, no Todd are you they can't say they, this? wait a minute though Todd they can't be sued it's not the legalities the yeah. only way you can be the only way you can be sued would be gross negligence when it comes to coronavirus. And there would be no way that these conferences spending tens of millions of dollars to test, to do their protocols, would ever be able to be accused of gross negligence. We live in the most litigious society on earth, and you can be sued, but not necessarily be successfully sued. So they're not and afraid they're of this. What they're to accomplish is what okay. they should be accomplishing, and that is that uh, making and keeping their arrangement between them and the student first athlete and any parent that makes the request of any other information needs to go to their child about that and not the school. No, the child didn't get the information either. And incidentally, those child Wait a minute, no, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Todd, Todd. 18. Todd, they didn't get the information either. Incidentally. They've though, asked for it. They've asked for it. They haven't gotten it. It's not owed to them and they're over 18. What do you mean it's not owed to them? <laughs> What do you mean it's not owed to them? What's owed to them is their education, and they're over 18. We're calling them children, but they're adults. Todd, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait a minute here. You're telling me that, first of all, you're saying it's too risky to play college football, but it's not too risky. Yes, you are. I'm saying that. You're saying they're doing the right thing, right? I think they are doing the right thing. Okay, then you're saying it's too risky to play college football. No, I'm saying that they're making making decisions based on the long-term best interest of the school for them for those kids as students and as potential alum. No, because you see, they wouldn't be because if they were doing that, I appreciate your call. If they were doing that, they wouldn't have students on campus at any of these schools. Mike in Tarpon Springs, Florida joins us. Mike, what's going on, brother? I'm I'm really good. I just love your show. I've never called a sports show. I'm 70, but 
I want to talk about a month from now when all these players and these students from all these sports can't play. Uh, I hope Ball and Woody and my dad would simply say, look, I encourage you to watch these games, study, take notes, improve, watch these players. It's a mental thing. Uh, this is going to be really tough. And then work out, team intelligence, smartness on the field, smartness off the field. Life's a series of adjustments. You get married, you graduate, yes. So that's my point. I hope that these coaches have these players focused when they're sitting there because that's going to hit them hard. We all know that. Remember, and, I have to say. And, uh, M- and Mike, remember, thank you for your call. Remember, baseball analyst, 5% chance that baseball season even begins. And the only problem we've had in baseball is when people don't follow the protocols that are out there. Baseball's been a huge success. NBA, NHL, oh, those bubbles, they're going to give it a try. They're going to make the attempt. Yeah, you know what? People used to make attempts. They didn't just wave their hands in the air and go, can't do it, can't do it. Mitch in New Jersey joins us. Mitch, welcome aboard the John Kincaid Show. How are you, Mitch? Where are you? South Jersey, North Jersey, Central. Central East Windsor. How you doing, John? Okay, good, show. good man. Nice, Mitch. I want to be great, great. I wish you on longer. Well, I guess I got to tune in your you know, station down in Atlanta. Hey, I, I appreciate got a couple of uh, songs. Song. You know the uh, Mash. You know the Mash yes. songs. Yes. Yeah, suicide is painless. Is what it's I didn't called. Know the show. Uh, Mash. Mash's theme song is called "Suicide Is Painless." Oh, I you know, and, and who's that brunette? I wonder if she ever, uh, you know, kind of like made it in, in Hollywood. She's seeing opening scene. She's running. Very, I don't know who track. I don't know who that is. I I can't remember. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't a big mash. I wasn't a big mash guy. Oh, and I love the opening theme to uh, Beverly Hills Cop One. Love that song. I'm not. <laughs> you know, I always like to hear it, but I love that song. Hey, I, you know, I think money is is so much behind it. How can I have students, like you said, in a campus? NFL thinks because their players are getting paid, they're going to pull off the season. It, it can't, it's the same sports context. Wear masks. Why can't this make mandatory everywhere a mask? It would write. Other well, have, I mean, have, Mitch, it's do this. these guys are, and I appreciate it, the people who are telling you that it's too dangerous to play college football are absent of logic. First of all, they're absent of science because the NBA – and the NFL. Now I get pointed out to me, the NBA and the NFL both consulted with the person who is consulting with the ACC on developing their protocols. So it's absent of, of logic that you would say it's more dangerous to play college football than it is to be a regular general student on campus. It's about the tuition money. It's about all that. And by the way, My daughter goes to private school here in Atlanta. She's going to this newfound hybrid method. She's going to go to school two days a week. She's going to be at home two days a week. And then one week, every other week, she'll go to school on Friday. It's preposterous. It's preposterous. It makes no sense. So we're going to have you in school two days a week, and then we're going to have you at home for two days. Then we're going to have you home, then go to school for, it's nonsense. And by the way, no discount on a very pricey tuition is what I will also tell you. No discount at all. Timothy in Louisiana. Timothy, what's going on, brother? Uh, just first off, man, thank you for reporting uh, just the whole truth and not just being a hot-take artist. There's a certain, or there's been way too much of that. Well, I mean, I just say, is, look, I'm not a doctor. 
I'm not a doctor. I'm just going to deal on the facts. I'm not, gonna, I'm not a doctor. I'm not telling people that I know all the answers. Not at all. I'm just trying to deal, lo- deal it logically. Yeah, but you kind of made my point, uh, just pointing out the hypocrisy of the Big Ten. Um, I mean, listen, we've all been to college. There's as much physical activity in those dorm rooms and frat houses and sorority houses yes. as there is on the football field. So what is the difference? Why are you allowing students on campus the football players can't play football? And, I mean, and by the, and by the way, on say, many of the fraternity and sorority houses, there's better tackling than at some Big Ten schools. Yeah, Absolutely. pretty much. I mean, we've all yeah. been to college, right? You see yes. it. And then the football players, they're in a bubble. They have, there's accountability to other people. You don't get that within the regular student body. So it just doesn't no, you make don't. sense. And more importantly, too, and one of the things, and I appreciate your call, thank you for checking in, is the bottom line is this. If you think it's too that it's too risky for these guys under these extringent protocols to play college football... Have you been concerned about them getting paralyzed? Get the injuries, the lifelong injuries they can sustain? Did you think that was too risky for them to play college football? Because it's far riskier. Every single, every, ask a medical professional. Ask any of them. It's far more dangerous to their long-term health. Playing college football is more dangerous than anything that they're going to get from a virus anything that they'll get from a virus. And by the way, again, as Chris Mortensen, you heard the soundbite earlier, what the big, what they were trying to sell out of the PAC 12, this new development about myocarditis is, is, is absolutely patently false. And I appreciate Mort being willing to articulate that because so many in the media are not willing to call out stuff. Absolutely, completely false. It's something that they've tested for, and it's not just this year. Something they've tested for. When guys, especially athletes, come down with a virus, they check their hearts. They check them and make sure, because this is not a new development. Getting myocarditis from a, from a virus long before we had coronavirus, it is not something that is new, and it is something that they've checked on. So for the Pac-12... To be, well, this new development and people to just buy it without doing a single bit of research. It's really embarrassing. Honestly, it's embarrassing. All right, here's my first 10 teams out in the National Football League. I'll make that my closing argument. You had your say. Now John has his closing arguments here on the J.K. Show on CBS Sports Radio. All right, we had them earlier on in the show today. We do it every single summer. We start with the first 10 teams that are out of the NFL playoffs. So these 10 cities, I think you can pack it up. You're going to have, I mean, you're going to be entertained, but you're not going anywhere. Uh, The Giants, the Washington football team, the Lions, the Panthers, the surprising pick of the Rams, the Arizona Cardinals, the L.A. Chargers, Denver, Jacksonville, and Cincinnati. That's in no particular order, but those are the teams that I would say you're going to find the top 10 picks in the draft. Those teams will be fighting for them, and that's how it looks. I put that out there for you. Uh, Very, very excited for the college football discussion to continue this week. Really anxious. Anxious to see people insert a little more logic in it. And for many of my fellow media members, I'd like to have you 
insert a little backbone into this. Research. little research. little simple research. Myocarditis is not something that is new. It's not something that they've never tested for before. It's not something that, they, that they're now testing for just because of coronavirus. Why did everybody fall for that story when it's not true? Interesting. Maybe because they wanted to. I hope you have a great week. I really do. I know Tony Piano does a great job producing this program. He is absolutely awesome. Does a great, great job. Follow him on Twitter, will you? And ladies, you can always DM him. He's still on the market, shockingly. He's on the market. Uh, I look forward to having you join me next Sunday. Come with your next eight teams that are out. Because only 18 teams missed the playoffs this year. So come with your next eight teams that are out next week. And we'll throw that into the mix, too. And feel free to share your thoughts on social media. I love it when you do. At John Kincaid. Hopefully you have a great week. I'm going to have some beans for breakfast. Lima's next on CBS Sports Radio.